dance for you in worn out shoes with silver hair, a ragged shirt, and ragged pants. He would do the Down. I met him in a cell in New Orleans. I was well, I was down and out. He looked to me to be the very eyes of age. As he spoke right out.
administration's commitment to cleaning up vehicle pollution and driving the nations towards zero emission transportation powered by a zero emission electric grid. My family lives in a multi-generational home in Houston, Texas, a city known to have poor air quality due to the Houston ship channel, heavy industry, numerous oil refineries and freight routes. Our home in Houston is surrounded by an 18-wheeler parking lot a demolition company, a creating company, and a small road that sees constant movement from heavy duty trucks all day. Every day I hear the trucks and I see the traffic and I hear the idling and sometimes we can even smell and taste it. Our experience is far from uncommon. People living <clears throat> excuse me, in low income communities and communities of color are more likely to live near truck routes bring the brunt of emissions from these vehicles. Everyone in this country, regardless of the color of their skin, the money in their pocket, or the community that they live in, deserve, deserve clean air to breathe, clean water to drink, and the opportunity to live, work, and thrive in a healthy environment. And polluted air and toxic emissions are undeniably a detriment to that opportunity. An estimated 72 million people, often people of color or people with lower incomes, live near freight routes in America. These communities are overburdened and disproportionately exposed to pollution from heavy duty vehicles, resulting in adverse health challenges, including respiratory and cardiovascular illness. Environmental justice centers all of our agencies work, and we're here today to highlight one way EPA is working to create a cleaner, healthier, and more just future for everyone. I'm so proud to announce that EPA has finalized the strongest ever national standards that will reduce smog and soot forming nitrogen oxide emissions from heavy duty vehicles and engines. Because of our collective work, this rule will result in widespread air quality improvements across the United States, especially in communities near major roadways that are overburdened by air pollution. The standard will begin with model year 2027 and is the first comprehensive national nitrogen oxide standard for heavy duty trucks and engines 
in more than 20 years. This rule is historic as a game changer for people all across this country. EPA engaged with a variety of stakeholders, including impacted communities, tribal, state, and local governments, environmental justice organizations, labor groups, to deliver the most ambitious standards swiftly and in accordance with the law. These national standards are as strong as possible, will take effect as soon as possible, and will last for as long as possible. And the benefits of this action will exceed its cost by billions of dollars, saving lives, reducing emergency room visits, and preventing days lost at school and work due to illness. But folks, this is only the beginning. This rule is the first of three very important steps in EPA's Clean Trucks Plan that will pave the way to a zero emissions future. By the end of March in 2023, EPA will propose the next critical step in the Clean Trucks Plan to address climate pollution. And thanks to the leadership of President Biden and my colleagues in Congress, through unprecedented resources from the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law and the Inflation Reduction Act, we will work to overhaul our nation's heavy-duty truck fleet for the next generation. While EPA standards will push heavy-duty trucks to be cleaner, this administration's investments in cleaner trucks and cleaner technology will propel us further and faster than ever before. I'm incredibly grateful to all who helped us get to this moment. Thank you to EPA's phenomenal career staff who played a role in pushing us through to the finish line. And you all have worked around the clock, especially over the last few weeks. And the people of this country are much better off because of your dedication. Today marks a historic win for public health, for the environment, and for the future of our nation. It just goes to show what I've always been saying before. This is what they think of you. So what's going on out there, y'all? I guess um, tomorrow is going to be a new year. So I know some of y'all probably going to be at the truck stop. You already know it. Um, and that's to some of y'all that just want to be at a truck stop because some truck drivers, man, they, they don't want to come back home. They want to just go to a truck stop, a nasty ass truck stop and sit up in there. And I, I just, I just couldn't do it, man. Um, you know, I would at least have to come home. And if you don't have a home to come to, I would, I would at least still go back to home and get me a nice hotel or something, man. Um. I would not be sitting up at no goddamn nasty-ass truck stop. I've done it before. Um, but when I did those things, I think I was either teaming with somebody or something like that, man. Um, I'm just sitting back just kind of just reminiscing, man, because, like I said, this would be 22 years now for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's two decades and two years, man. It, it'll be going on 22 years at the end of this year. Um it all seems like it was, I don't want to see, say it seemed like it was kind of yesterday, but I can still just remember it. Back in 2000 when I was, um, I went to Salt Lake City to get trained. If some of y'all heard the beginning of my podcast, how I even got my CDL. Um, this company, um, MTA Trucking, I guess there was a school that trained people to get their CDL. And I actually answered an ad in a penny saver. Because it said, um, get your CDL 
in six weeks and learn how to get out there and drive. And like I told y'all before, my whole thing was like to go out with Pepsi or somebody at Coca-Cola because I wanted to do the class B thing. I never wanted to do the class A, but they didn't have a such thing as to where you just go to the DMV and just do that. You had to get the class A. Um, and so when I called up MTA Trucking, the guy must have asked me for some personal info on the phone. At first, I kind of like fell back because I didn't know who I was talking to. You could be talking to anybody that's getting your info, a profile of you, because he wanted to know my first and last name and he wanted my social security number to run my stuff. And so I was kind of hesitant at first, but I went on and gave it back to him. And within two days, he called me up and said, congratulations, we got you approved. If you want to come out here to Salt Lake City, we'll train you, we'll put you up in a hotel for 30 days, we'll give you a little allowance and you know, we'll get you out there, get you, get you your uh, class A. And that's how it all happened, man, because California wasn't really doing shit for me at the time. They was just, they couldn't help nobody. It was just like, you fend for yourself. If you look at California now, look how slummy it is, it's become. California has become the state of the homeless. It is, it's, it's falling like that uh, movie, <laughs> The Warriors from New York, like, where you see the the, uh, <laughs> the Empire State Building statue on the ground, her big ass head on the ground and shit holding the statue. That's that's how fucking um, Californians feel. Like the the Hollywood sign just fell on the fucking ground, all cracked up and shit with all these these homeless and sick people. And then they and then you got other people trying to come over here um, and see. You know, I I just want to get that out there. Um, I don't want people to get misscrewed anything that I'm saying, but enough is enough, y'all. I mean, I'm not going to get on here and talk politics and this and that, but, you know, we can't keep affording to let people come over here. It doesn't matter what country you're coming from, because you're coming over here with one ideology and one ideology only. You're coming from a third world country because that's why you fled and you're coming over here to take a job that I'm doing or that somebody else is doing for half the wages just so you can step foot on and, and soil and, and become part of America and you're pushing the other people that still ain't got theirs back. I feel so fucked up for the veterans, man, because they should be first in line to get anything that they want. Remember when I told y'all uh, a couple of months ago when I did my podcast, I said, well, you know, the first in line should be the truck drivers because we're helping keeping this nation growing. Without us, nothing moves. And I'm still sticking by that, 10 toes down. Nothing moves without the truck. Without the truck driver behind that, delivering these goods. When there's a Hurricane Katrina, it's the trucks. Whenever there's a war, there's the trucks. It's always truck, 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 truck. The second people should be the fucking veterans because they fought for this country. Really, they should be right up there. It should be a tie with the trucks and the veterans because without them fighting for this country, we wouldn't have a job. So, you know what? Let me just go ahead and change that around. The veterans should be first and then the trucks come second because without them even fighting for the country, we wouldn't be driving on none of these roads. You have fucking terrorists and everybody all up over here and shit. But enough is enough. When I'm just sitting back watching on the news and they're trying to decide if they're going to let all these people in. And I don't understand, like, where where are they getting the room for this shit? You already got all these homeless of people downtown in Los Angeles. And if you're a truck driver, 
You know damn well exactly what I'm talking about because you go through these cities and states just like I've done and you just go to any downtown areas or whatever and you would just see homeless people all over the place and they're not even fixing them. So how are you going to let other people? It's kind of like saying we're going to brush them under the rug and we're going to allow a new set of people to come in. And somehow that's supposed to make things better because why? I'm going to tell you why, because they're going to try to take the trucking jobs and the other jobs that you wouldn't do for a certain amount and they're going to do it. And now you're going to be left out there or either you're going to have to be out there to accepting that pay that they do. And it's not a livable wage. And these people don't care because they're already coming from. Just put yourself in their position. If you fled your country where you got all these issues and terrorists and stuff like that, you don't care if you scooping shit off the sidewalk or not. As long as you could get some place to where you could be. You don't even care about a roof over your head. You live in a tent as long as you somewhere where your life is not in danger and you're getting free medical, you're getting free this and free that. I mean, I don't under, I don't know where we're getting this money from, man. And I don't mean to be talking about other people in other countries, but I do in a certain way because it all goes back to this. This is the one thing that I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all would agree with me on. I can't stand, especially when I was in California, where, like I said, you got the veterans fighting for this country and you got us out here driving these trucks, this and that. And then you got, I'm not even going to say what nationality is, but they do this shit all the time. They'll come over and they pick up trucks and they will fly their goddamn flag out the back of that goddamn truck and you in fucking America. Does that make any sense to y'all? So you mean to tell me you came over here to fly a flag of a country that you won't go to, that you fled, but you're over here flying it. Why aren't you there doing it? It doesn't make any sense. If that country was so good, I and, and what's so bad about it is because if I was to go over to their country and do it, they would cut my fucking head off and you would have to find my head and my body parts to be all over the all over their fucking country somewhere. But they'll come over here and do it. And it's just I think I think really that should be a crime to do that. Because if we're taking care of you and if we did, if you got ushered in because your parents got ushered in under some fucking Ronald Reagan law. That allowed you to come over here. And so now you're here. Now that you're here. Now those are your kids that's like flying this. Why don't they take their ass back over there? I don't understand it. And this is real talk. And, and, if, and if you're an American and if you this and that. Y'all don't know exactly what I'm talking about. Like you should. It should be against the law. I see that shit all the time. Like you come by and I don't let them do that shit to me. I'll cut their ass off. I'll tell them, man, go down, go down that way. Don't come over here. I let them know. I, it, it's, a, it's a conflict with me because my father and my older brother has served this goddamn country. And for you to be coming over here um, doing that shit and it's disrespect, it's like, why the fuck are you here? You should have just went over there and did that then. That is dangerous to be letting other people. And then you don't know, like the people that you're letting over here. You know, they'll come over here time and time and time again. We was getting hammered. I remember like 10 years ago um, down in San Diego, this one guy came over from Mexico. He ran into the back of this lady's shit and his beat up ass truck um, on the 405 over there. And he killed her and her, her. I guess she had a newborn baby. 
all the dude did was they just um, imported him back and he got back in another motherfucking truck with another name. See, this is the shit that I'm talking about. You see what I'm talking about? And then when they do that, all they do is make it worse on us. Because now the laws and the speed limit and this is why we got 55 speed limit. Because you got somebody else over here from somewhere else that don't give a damn. And, that, and if you talk to a lot of them, that's how they feel. I've seen documentaries on that where they say they come over here just to get that we don't care. You pay us like we owe them something. But you go over there and they don't give a damn. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I don't know if I, if I told you all this story, if I mentioned it or not. But I remember, like, straight out of high school, Tijuana was going around, like, the word, like, you go over there, you see these girls over there. Uh, and so me and, one of, me and a couple of my homies went over there to Tijuana to go check everything out. I think I told this story, but let me just tell it again to, to, to land my plane or whatever, the point that I'm trying to make. Um, I went over there. It was like me and four other guys that went over there. And I'm going to tell you all the nationality so it just won't seem like it was just African-American. It was me, Eric, um, Jason. Jason is white. And then there was, um, who else? There was Ben. And Ben is mixed. So, you know, you had us walking over there. We looking like we're in the reserve or something like that. Like, you know, we're, I think we was like at 19 at the time. We're looking like we're out of the reserves coming over there. And so... As soon as we went over there, we went to this one, we had the taxi, this dude, I mean, as soon as we went through the gates, it's, you could tell it's like a third world country. Everything changes. It's like the streets is filthy, slummy. The dogs don't even look like dogs. He's like these weird looking ass dogs and shit. And so we had the taxi driver and they're driving like real fast. And you don't know what they're saying on the CB on that little radio that they have. They could be setting you the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had $1,200 in my pocket. I think Eric had like seven. Ben and them, it's, it's, it's fair to say that they had about another, you know, each and every one of us had like, you know, I think I had the most in my pocket. So he drops, up, he drops us off at this club called the Chicago Club. I guess we went in there, you know, the girls will come lining up as soon as you go in there. So we're all looking at each other and we're looking at the girls and and we were trying to tell the lady, like, we're just in here just to check the place out because that was our first time. We didn't know what the fuck was or how this shit works or what the fuck what was going on. And so they all lining up, like, waving at us, this and that. And we look at them. And so then the madam comes over, this little Spanish lady. She comes over and she's like, yeah, you like the girls. You like you can buy them, drink, dance with them, take them to the room, do this and that. So we're just all, like, looking and smiling at them. And so we, we kind of told the lady, like, we're just, like, kind of checking everything out. We told her that we'll be back. And so, you know what this bitch went and did, man, when, when, when we told her that we'll be back because we kind of like left out of there because there was like some other clubs around the corner. We was basically trying to find like like club clubs, like not the whole club, but like club clubs. And so the, the taxi driver dropped us off over there because I guess he sees like four guys and he just feels like we're fucked. So as we're walking down the street, this fucking police car like speeds up. Because they know they were walking because the madam had went back and told them. See, their whole thing is like, we're going to get your money one way or another. So as the, the police car pulls out, this guy gets out of his car. These two fat motherfucking um, cops get out the car. Um, it don't even, now that I think about it, man, 
I can't say for sure if they were real or not, but it, it might have been like some stage bogus shit. But they had the police car and the police car looked at bogus. Had the siren. They had one. Of, I was looking at one of the dudes gun. He had like this old Clint Eastwood six shooter on his side. Looks like they 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 stopped us at the corner. They was like asking us where are we coming from. What are we doing over here? We told him. He said, "Man, look, we just coming from L.A. We coming over here. We coming over here to party. We coming over here to see, you know, to dance or whatnot." Um, the taxi driver dropped us off at this club, you know, and we're we're coming from over there. These motherfuckers, the two cops are like patting each and every one of us down. And they're putting us, they're patting us down and then they're putting us in the squad car. And then they took us out then they pat us down again and they put us, it was like the weirdest shit ever, dude. We didn't know what the fuck was going on. Um, Eric was getting panicked. Eric was, was, was panicking and I told him to just chill, be quiet, you know, like everything's going to be cool because we didn't know if we was going to have to like take these guys down and like get to try to figure out to get in their car and try to figure out how to get the fuck back to the goddamn state line, man. It was weird. But what they was doing was, man, because we had a chain. I had a chain wallet. Eric had a chain wallet. Ben and Jason. Like, back those days, everybody, you know, he was wearing the chain wallets. That was the thing back then. He was telling me to look straight. I could feel this motherfucker as Eric, Ben, and Jason was in the car. I could feel him going through my wallet. He took my money out. He counted my money. He, they, they took $200 out of my fucking wallet, which gave me a thousand. They took a hundred and some from Eric. The bottom line is they robbed everybody. They patted us up against the car, was sitting us in the, the squad car and then taking us out and they robbed us. And so then they told us to be careful out here and this and that. And so then as we're walking, we see another um, Spanish guy like approaching us and he's he, he flashed his badge on us again and said, like, yeah, where, where are you guys coming from? What are you doing over here? And we said, look, man, we just came from this club. The police just pulled us over one block back, and now we're running into you. And so after he already heard that we got patted down by another cop, he went on and just let us go. We just walked on by him because he was by himself. We could have just really just, like, tore his head off if we wanted to. But we didn't know if these guys was real or not. The point that I'm trying to make is that it's funny how when we go over there to spend money and to do this and that, you see what they do. They rob, they'll kill, steal, do whatever. But when they come over here, it's so disrespectful and they're making money and they're doing your job for less wages and doing every goddamn thing else. Man, I'm just fed up with it. And I'm sick of it because this is one of the reasons why we can't get the type of money that we need in the trucking industry anyway, because it's quiet as kept these companies. They would much rather hire somebody up out of school than hire somebody with my resume or yours if you got over 10 years because they figure like, well, shit, he's been out here for a couple of decades or a decade. You know, we're not going to pay him the 65, 70 cent a mile when we could just go get somebody out of school and give them like 30 cent a mile. Because they just and, and this is why the companies have all of these CSA scores and. They got to go through a level four inspection because they just don't want to pay the money. They don't want to pay the driver what he put in hard work and dedicated in for. They rather risk it on somebody that just came out of school that ain't never been out there on the road or anything. And I remember when I first went to MTA and we, we finished, it was me and this guy named James. Um, I was from California. James was from somewhere else, but we went downstairs because, remember, upstairs was MTA Truck, and that's where they 
half their class and stuff. And then downstairs was um, H&R Transport was a company. They shared the building. And I remember we went downstairs like when it was about a week or so out before we got our CD. And we was asking them after I was told that I'm never going to get a job. You got to go out and get some experience because Coke is never going to hire you. After that guy came and lied. So me and James went downstairs to inquire about H&R Transport. Like where are they going this and that. They were all 48 states. It was a reefer company that hired meat and ice cream. And so. I remember that's that's the intro to my podcast. I told y'all about what happened and everything um, that went that went down and how I like socked the, the dispatcher in the face after that gig that I had with them. But I remember when we first went there and he was like, well, yeah, we don't hire people from upstairs from MTA, man, because we just don't like, you know, how they're, they're training and doing stuff. We just don't agree with it. They just kind of push the students through there. They don't have any experience. They don't really give them the necessary tools that they need but he made an exception for us because he liked our tenacity that we came down there and and was like really eager to 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 find a gig or do what but i'm just never going to forget like after um i came off of um my two weeks out there with a trainer or a co-driver or whatnot darfus this this guy was from washington tacoma washington i ain't gonna ever forget how joe just handed me those two log books and that one big ass a laminated um, um, map book and was like, here you go. And now you just on your own out there trying to figure out northeast, west, south. Um, and like I said, the hardest part out of all of that, because you'll make it if you if you could drive for 10 hours, you'll make it. But the, the hardest part of all this, y'all, is going to be like trying to do the backing because everywhere you go is going to be some different setup, some different bullshit backing off the street that if that's going to be the most hardest part and this is where a lot of companies fail because they want to take a chance on somebody that don't have any experience or anything like that so they just go ahead and just hire them and then they wind up crashing and now you're hiring every week these companies they just you know you just got to be careful man like i said the, the most hardest part of this is 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 like when coming out here is the backing um I still get in situations to this day, like if I have somewhere, like even with this company now that I'm leaving and y'all ain't going to never, y'all ain't going to never believe, you know me, I have some of the most horrific, craziest stories. I'm, I'm going to actually report this company when I leave. I'm going to actually, um, I don't care if I got to go through the BBB, um, I'm going to make a phone call to the scale house and ask them like, who should I properly make a complaint against? And I'm going to really complain against this company. But let me just tell you this before I get to one of the stories that I'll tell you about this company that I'm wearing while I'm leaving. But you just have to understand, man, that we work hard to come out here. It takes time to get all this shit down, to learn how to do all these maneuvers, to put up with all this bullshit, then to have somebody else come over here that, that you know that's going to just try to come over here and undercut you and shit just ain't right. And this is one of the reasons why we're not being paid correctly right now in the trucking industry because of this type of shit, man. And then to have somebody come over here and fly their flags in your face and throw it back, it's, that, that's, that's just really disrespectful. I, I, I think that really deserves a beatdown when they do that. Because 
You shouldn't be over here in the first fucking place. If you're bragging, you should be happy to be an American. But you're coming over here temporarily. You've been working. You'll undercut the people. I hear it all the time. These people that get the construction jobs, they'll come over there, undercut them. They'll undercut anything that they can just to get you out. And let me just say this. Don't think that they don't come over here with an ideology of whatever race you are, that you're a piece of scum. I've talked to some of these people. I've learned how they think and what they've been told. And then they'd be like, you know what? I was told this about you guys, but I see that it's not like that. They already come over here running. And that's why they do it, because they think that we ain't shit. So we're going to come over here and get your spot because y'all killing each other through drive-bys and everything else. And so that gives me a spot to take your shit that you should have had or anybody else for that matter. I'm undercut this guy. I'm undercut that guy because those Americans, they stupid. We go over there. You know, the job pays 20. We do it for 12 type shit. And y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you know, you guys know this. It's not me being a racist or anything like that. What's right is what's right. You work hard for that job. You deserve to get paid. Right now, like I said, you got the homeless out there. You got the truckers that ain't had a raise in almost two decades. They, they ain't had a raise in two decades. God damn it, since I've been out here, I ain't seen it. I just go to certain companies that they pay the 25 an hour over here versus you pay the 19 over there. That, that's how that works. It has never been a one equal system that says this is what trucking is paying to set the standard for that. And um, I was going to go do, because I remember the last time that I talked to you guys, I was going to go out there and do the um, the lease thing, but I decided not to. Uh, it was just this one company um, that was offering a lease. But after researching it and talking to a couple of people out there, they say in 2023 is not the time to be doing that, especially with the way that the fuel prices is and the way that you know, like the containers are coming over from China. Like there's not going to be a lot of work like that to even pay that. You'll just be getting these loads that that are just like really book, like fuel loads. You're just getting it for fuel. And I think they was going to charge me, I think like $800 for the truck per week. Then, you know, you got to take out your fuel. So when I actually had somebody call me from that company and we went over what everything would, would be like if you do the 2,500 miles, because that's what they always try to say. They try to set everything at a 2,500 mile stretch, but then you'll have other people saying, well, yeah, I make more miles than that. But that's, you know, um, a lot of these people that do that. And when you go on YouTube and look at that, you know that they're helping the company out. That's a lot of bullshit, because if you're sitting up there and you're telling me if you're from J.B. Swift or wherever company there is looking at their lease program, those people are a planet in there because those are the ones that they're actually looking out for and they're giving them the miles because they're actually helping to promote the company. If they're always there and it's always like, yeah, it's great over here. There's not one bad thing that you could tell me about this company because I highly doubt that every time you come on with your videos that you don't find anything wrong with this company. That's bullshit because I can because I've probably been over there before. And I might not have been doing the lease program, but I sure was driving for the company. Like, especially with fucking Snyder. That company is horrible. They didn't want to pay. They got all that shit set up in their trucks to make to, to if you're going, stopping on the brakes, doing this and that. I mean, it was it was horrible. Dude, you can't make it with that company. Um, You know, talking about spot and all this, like when you lease and stuff. I just decided just to set that out 
Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. I'm in the process of switching over to another company because I'm actually leaving this company that I'm with, man. Um, this company consisted of just me doing a, a lot of deliveries at the the, the Sam's, uh, Costco's, and Winko's, and all these other stores. And, you know, a lot of times, like, when I'm going to do my deliveries, I'm doing, like, maybe, and I was, like, the best here. While everybody else was doing, like, maybe, like, three to four runs, I was doing, like, seven to eight drops. They even, it, it even got to the point to where they gave me, like, kind of a dedicated like how my run was set up like early in the morning because I would come in at midnight at 12 o'clock and they would give me this one store that had three deliveries going there. And since I would get back to the to the yard fast to get another trailer, they would just have me go to that one store three times every night. And then I would go out and probably hit a, a Sam's and I would go out and hit another, you know, one after the next. Then I would go hit a Smith store a couple times. With Smith's, you didn't have to worry about it because it was just drop and hook. You would just take the trailer there, drop it, and then bring back an empty to the plant and then take out another loaded trailer. But I actually had, um, now y'all ready for this? This one guy actually pulled a gun out on me when I was trying to do a delivery because it was next to a school. I was actually trying to go make a left turn to go in through the driveway, which is there's a Lowe's. And then behind the Lowe's, there's a Sam's. And on the other side is a school. And I noticed like everywhere that I went in that city, it's always set up the same way. You'll see the Lowe's, Sam's, and then there, for some reason, there's always a school. I don't know. Whoever mapped out the engineering, that's how they did it. And so... As I'm trying to make a left to get into the driveway to go through the lows to get down to the the Sam's to make the to to do my delivery, this dually stopped in front, like right there in the driveway, like right when I'm trying to get through. And the reason why is because the school was letting out. And so the guy, I guess, was waiting for his daughter or something to come. But you got my truck stuck out. Like I'm already in the turning position, y'all, trying to all you see is just the front. Uh, my day cab turning and it stops right in the driveway. And now they got that big 53 foot trailer stuck out in the middle of the, the road like that. And now the light is about to turn green and now traffic is about to come both ways. And my trailer is taking up the whole fucking um, street to where cars won't be able to go through. I'm bumping my horn at this motherfucker. He's flicking me off. And so I'm telling him, I'm, I'm waving at him to go up so I can get in the driveway or either just pull beside so I can go beside you. And he's flicking me off and flicking me off. So finally I get mad. I jump out of my truck and you can see the kids like walking by. See, because after this all happened, I must have went over to the school and I asked them and they told me that they told the parents to stop um, going to Lowe's, they said that they told them they're supposed to come over here and park to pick their kids up. They told them to not park their cars at the Lowe's and the Sam's and stuff over here because there's some other stores too that that, that are at that place where I was um, unloading. And they said, yeah, we told them not to do that. They're not supposed to go over there, but yet they don't have security over there either to make sure that they don't. So as I get out my truck and I'm walking up to the side of this dude, 
And I'm walking up to with his windows down. I said, hey, man, you got my truck sticking up. He points a gun at me and tells me to get back, boy. Um, what was his words? He was like, yeah, get back, boy. And so then I stopped and I said, man, I said, what the fuck you going to do? I said, you going to shoot? I said, you got my truck. And I'm still arguing with this dude. I didn't back down. I'm like, what you going to do, shoot? And I said, you got my truck like sticking out. I said, I can't even get my shit off. I said, man, you need to get your shit off the side of the road. And so as I'm saying that, I guess his little daughter comes over and she jumps in the truck. And so then he's pulling out. And so he flicked me off. I'm flicking him off back and I'm writing his shit down. I jump in my truck real fast now. You got tra traffic jammed up both ways. They're bumping the horn. And as he's pulling up to, to go up further to like, because see, this is the back where all the truck entrance is supposed to go anyway. I don't like it when they come back there and you see cars coming back there. They, they be speeding in the, in the like in some of these places I go to, these Sam's Clubs, these, these Costco's. Y'all are crazy because y'all be coming up there and they're trying to get that cheap fuel at Costco's. You don't give a fuck. You're speeding around the back to beat everybody, to, to cut them off around the front because there's shortcuts when you go around the back delivery way. And you're not even supposed to be going down that. Those are made for the trucks. It says truck deliveries. And you still will bring your car through there disrespectfully, speeding 50, 60 miles an hour. Because when I'm jumping out of my truck to go around the side to go in with my bills, I'm literally looking out and moving over to the side because you're speeding down. I've gotten into it with a few people going down the Costco's coming down there where they stop because I'm telling them I'm waving my hand for them to slow down and they'll go past me a few feet up and stop and stick their head out. And I'm arguing with these motherfuckers about like, why are you speeding down here? If I was coming around that corner, all you're going to do is hit me. You're not going to stop. Like the last guy did that I got paid from. Laugh now, pay later. Remember him? All you're going to do is hit me and keep going because nobody's back there to see what you did. And those cameras are probably not even working. So after I write down, write this asshole's license plate down, I call the police. Because I'm like, I'm going to get you one way or another. The police come up there. It's this lady and this tall dude. And so I tell them what happened. I said, yeah, I was making my delivery. This guy pulled a gun out of him. You know, he pointed it at me. And see, the one thing that I know, because I have my permit too. Y'all all know that. I have my permit to carry. That's the one thing that they, that's a no-no. You're not supposed to be pointing your gun in a school zone. Regardless if he's at the Lowe's parking lot, right next door is the school. There's, there's kids. When he pointed his gun, there was kids walking behind me. And they didn't even know what was going on. They just saw me arguing with this dude. They didn't see his gun out um, pointed at me. They, you know, they're walking past me. They're not knowing what the, what the hell is going on. So if he would have shot me and I would have ducked and missed or this or that, he would have hit one of those kids. So I'm explaining this to her. Y'all not going to believe what she told me, dude. So after I explained to her what happened, I was making a left trying to come in through the lot right there. I said, every time around about this time, about two o'clock in the afternoon, the school lets out. And, you know, I've already went over there and talked to the school. They said that they're not even supposed to be parking over here, man. So after I explained to her what was going on, she says, OK, I'm going to take um, the information down. I'm going to have a talk with this guy. But I just want to let you know that if I talk to him and he tells me that he felt like his life was in danger, that there's really nothing we could do about it. And I'm I'm now I'm arguing with her because I said, wait a minute. Are you kidding me? I said, you're going to you're going to mean to tell me that you're going to let him get off like that. 
Well, yeah, because how do we? How does he supposed to know if you have a gun or not? I said, ma'am, I'm in a, I'm in a day cab. I'm a truck driver. What are you talking about? I said, do you see anybody Coca-Cola, anybody walking around here? Because these are the guys that I see every day. I see Coke and every Seven Up, Doritos, everybody at the same place making the same deliveries. Do you see them harnessing a gun on their side? Well, how does he supposed to know? That? I said, come on, man. I said, that's common sense. You know, like we can't carry. I said, like, it, like if I'm doing 48 states, we're allowed to have it in our sleeper. We can have, a, you know, our firearms in the snap, but not like walking around, even though these are states to where you could carry. But these companies don't want you walking around at no Sam's, at no Costco's, Winko's, Albertsons, all these stores that we deliver to carrying no fucking firearm. And her whole excuse is, well, how does how does he know that? But how does he know that when he was parked, he was wrong. He was dead wrong in the first place because he stopped right there in the driveway. And left my truck out in the middle of the street like this. So now me and her going back and forth. I'm looking for a name tag. This bitch don't even have a name tag. It's like she took she took her name tag off of her uniform. And so now all I'm doing is like looking at the squad car trying to get the number because now I might have a complaint against you because it seems like for me talking to you, what you're going to do is you're going to give him a, a out. But if the roles were reversed and that was me that did that, oh my God, she would come after me, put out an APB and every goddamn thing else. But for him, she's not going to do it. She's already letting me know once I gave her all my information and this and that, that, well, you know, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to give him a courtesy and ask him, do you feel like your life was there? And then the bitch, y'all, had the nerve to tell me, hell, if you would have did that to me, I might have pulled my gun out. So she insinuated that if that was her and I walked up to her uh, car, that she would do it. And then you know what I said to her next? I said, okay, y'all want to play that game? I said, it would be awful funny, ma'am, on my day off on Friday if I just happen to be shopping at this Sam's and I run into him and then we're going to see when I have my firearm on me how he feels about it. Oh, well, are you making a threat? I said, well, no. But are you insinuating that if I walked up to you that you would do the same thing? I said, it goes both ways. I said, I got the same permit that all of y'all got. Don't get it confused. Because it seems like to me you're giving him a way out to do that. And so I shouldn't even said any of that to her. I should have just did it because y'all do know that I did come up there on Friday and I didn't see his ass at two o'clock. I made for sure I had my stick in my goddamn car because I'm going to confront this faggot that thinks that. And the only reason why he did that, y'all, is because he knew that I was in the truck. Do y'all really think that he would have did that if I would have been in my in my pickup truck? Because first of all, you got a Chevy. I got a Dodge. I don't like Chevy. So first of all, I don't think he would have did that. Oh my God, it would have been the biggest shootout in that parking lot. If you ever think of pointing your shit in my face and I got mine on me, it's dangerous for you because it's going to be a shootout like a motherfucker. And I did come up there and I didn't see him. Matter of fact, I didn't see him anymore. I think he took his daughter about that school because after I had a talk with the police, I walked over there to the school and I asked him, did they know this guy? He's picking up his daughter I think he's a racist because he called me boy when he said that shit, when he pointed his gun. Get get back from my car, boy. And, and you know, um, I wanted to know who the dean was. I was filing a mad complaint because you guys are telling me that you're not allowing people to. But what are you doing about it? 
I even called the Lowe's and asked them if they were aware of it. And I'm like, man, you need to have security out there. Because first of all, I'm coming through there with a tractor trailer. If one of those kids get hit, you're not going to put it on me as a truck driver because, you know, you got like, that's like a, a junior high school. I'm seeing kids like, probably don't let them look like they're about eight or nine. And the daughter that he picked up, she looked like she couldn't have been no more than 12 years old. But I just do not see that dude out there. I came up there. I made it a point to come up there on that Friday, just like I told that cop. And we're going to see what you're going to do now when I got my shit pointed at your fucking face. Uh, I might have to make another trip up there again just to clear my head. Because I can't let you get away with that. It's just no way I can let you get away with that, man. You knew you were dead wrong. You knew I was at work and you knew what you did. See what I'm see, see this is the type of shit that I be trying to explain to a lot of truck drivers. And I want this to go out everywhere. They do not respect us. And I'm not gonna put it as a race thing, whether I was black, white, this or that. That motherfucker still would have did it. It's just no respect. Like you're trying to make deliveries for people to get water and everything else that I'm carrying. And look at what this motherfucker's doing. You knew you was in the wrong. You knew that by you stopping right there, my big ass truck was behind you. You didn't give a fuck because you know why? Because you was flicking me off like fuck you. You have no respect. This is the type of shit that I be trying to tell y'all. And so guess what the company said when I mentioned that to them? What happened? What's the first thing that any one of y'all that's been around for a decade or so? What do you think that they said when I told them that story? Because I didn't tell them that. That day, I waited after I went back up there because I didn't want nobody to know what the fuck was about to go down. This or that. This is going to be between me and this motherfucker. You know, I'm going to wait for you to get up off that parking lot out of the school and I'm going to follow your ass and see where you're going. And then I'm going to catch your ass, whether you take your daughter home or whatnot. I'm going to pull up beside your ass and we're going to see what the business is with you pulling your shit out. Because I'm telling you. You know, and I, I, I'm going to have to make another couple of trips up there to make sure that he ain't sneaking around the back. Because he already, because I'm pretty sure. And you know why, y'all. Let me tell y'all why. I didn't see him up there. Because I'm pretty sure that officer probably told him what I said about coming up there. She warned him and she told him, like, you need to be on the lookout because I think this guy, he's going to try to come up there on his day off and look for you. And he has a permit as well. But you know what the company said to me when I told them that like about a month later after that, because we was having other issues because I, I was spewing to them because I said, man, you haven't given me a raise. It's damn near almost three years that I've been here. You haven't given me a raise. And I said, I'm getting guns put on me. This and that. They're like, gun, what are you talking about gun? I said, yeah, man, about like a couple months ago, you know, and, and when I explained to them, he, he brought John in the room and I told them what happened. You know what they said? Well, why did you get out the truck? Now, do you see what I'm talking about? This is the excuse that they, because, and this is one of the reasons why I decided to leave from them, because you know what I'm thinking? If, if you're telling me some dumb shit like that, that I can't exist, when, that's what you saw. Everybody, I, I mentioned that same story to 10 truck drivers. I made it a point, and this is what I told him. I said, you know what? I made it a point to, and I didn't lie about the story. I told the 10 truck drivers exactly how it was, and where I was at, and which, would you have done the same thing? Every last one of those truck drivers said they would have done the same thing I did or even worse. Or even worse. They would have like, damn near like plowed his ass out of the way with their truck. 
or they would have got out and walked up and opened his door. You know, they some of the worst. And I made sure to interview a few guys from my yard. And I went down to a truck stop and interviewed them, them 48 state motherfuckers that go around the states. And that's exactly what they said. Not one of them said that they wouldn't have gotten out of their truck because you trying to assist when people are doing that to you. You need to assist the truck and get it out of the way because the police could have came and gave me a ticket for that, for impeding traffic. That's impeding traffic. They would have came at me. They wouldn't have been worried about what that dude in front of me stopped in front of his truck. The only way that he would have been getting in uh, exemption for that, unless his truck broke down and then I would have had to back out and then go find my way around to try to get in somehow coming in through the way that the cars come in through to where it's not even enough room for that truck to even made it that way. That's why they have the back way that says truck interest only dummy. If he would have been looking at that, he would have known that. But they all see that and they say, fuck it anyway. They do it anyway. So. When I asked all of the, the truck drivers that I interviewed, they all said, oh, yeah, man, I would have did that. And they was all shocked at what the, what the company said to me when I told them that. You, why did you get out the truck? And that's one of the reasons why I made the decision that I'm leaving, because if you're telling me that, imagine if that dude would have shot me and killed me. You would have been trying to tell my parents that, well, you know, it's really kind of his fault. Why did he get out? We tell them you and you didn't we never discussed anything this is the first time y'all hearing that so now i'm pretty sure that when you have orientations for the new people that's coming for that gig this that you're going to tell them you're going to mention that probably like yeah and if you guys are having an issue and somebody's not moving stay in your truck we had one guy that came here and some guy pulled out a gun on him don't do that don't get out your it's like you starting to see that that type of uh spew now that they're going to try to do but for them to have said that was like, that lets me know where we are with you. And, and I just don't want to be dealing with y'all because you guys are horrible over here anyway. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm taking off. I've already been pre-hired with the new company. I'm getting ready to go out with them on the second of this, uh, the new years. I'm starting off a new year with a new company doing this and that. Um, better pay, better money. Um, I just did that with this company just to get my feet wet because when I came off the road with that other guy, with the mom and pops guy, the guy that I was telling you about that was paying me with the 1099, um, I needed to get my feet wet and get my resume back on the road because a lot of times these companies, they'd be like, well, you know, we want to see that you're doing um, local work and not just doing like, you know, regional, like you go from Arizona to LA, from LA back to Vegas, from Vegas back up to Utah, to that little triangle shit. You know, they want to actually see that you're actually doing. They, they'll still hire you, but it just looks better when they know that you're actually doing deliveries in the States and shit. And so I'm like, I'm just going to start off a new year with a new company, new this and that. Just It's, it's just going to be new everything, better money, um, better bonuses. This, this, they gave us a fucking card for the bonus. It was disgusting. You giving me uh, a Kroger's card. With $80 on it. I don't even shop at fucking Kroger's. Like, where's my fucking bonus? Where, where is my no tickets, no accidents, no DOTs bonus? Every company that I've been to gives you these bonuses at the end of the year when you don't bring them no trouble, no accidents. No, and I didn't bring this company nothing. I was the best there. That's facts. I've gotten four recommendations from um, Costco's. 
them sending memos, y'all, to my job, telling them that he's doing a fantastic job. We like he comes on time. He, he's bringing the lows early. They gave me four recommendations. I even had to get two of them because David that worked in the office, he, he had to, I said, look, man, because they was telling me that they was giving me these recommendations and the company wasn't saying anything to me about it. They was hiding it. They was hiding the fact because on those emails that they was, they was like, we recommend him to get a raise. And so they was hiding that from me, y'all. And I had to find out from somebody down there at the plant of them telling me that they was doing that. And I said, no, nah, they didn't even mention that to him. And they said, well, yeah, you need to go check because we sent them the last and a powerful letter, too. And I have it put up. I had two of them put up. And I couldn't believe it when I read it. And then when I went back to my boss and, and, and told him about it, he just kind of like looked around. And, and he, you know what he told me? He says, everybody gets those. He lied again. This is another reason why I'm leaving, y'all, because I don't like Bob's punk ass because he lies a lot about everything. He lies and manipulates shit. Nobody was getting those. You're a lying. You're lying. Nobody gets those letters. And do you see how they treat the drivers? They, 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 this is what they do. So I can no longer, I'm not going to no longer give you like a Michael Jordan type work and you're paying me like I'm on the Clippers, like just I'm coming off the bench or some shit. So now y'all about to be screwed on Monday because all those, those, especially those one run, that one run that I did where I went back to back to back three times at that Costco's within an hour or some. Y'all get good luck trying to find some other drivers to do it. Now you're going to have to have two drivers do those plus the other deliveries, the Sam's, all that. You're not going to be able to get that. You got screwed. You screwed yourself. I've actually watched this company. 19 drivers have left. They, they come. They stay no longer than a year. Some of them leave within six months. Then they hire. They put more. I've seen. See, and if you got that type of shit going on. You know, and I got screwed because, you know, the advice that I be giving y'all what to look for this and that. They kind of got me on this one. They kind of played it off and got over on this one, you know, and it's really nothing that you could do when you look at the trucks and you'd be like, OK, they're decent. You look at this, the cars and the lots. OK, I see a lot of chargers. It look like some, you're making some money and shit over here. You know, they, they kind of slid by. And I actually remember me asking. Um the scale like are you guys pulling this company over before they come through here and he really didn't want to give me that information he's like well i can't give that and then the, the guy at the scale got into an argument because that was my last decision that i was trying to find out before i even got hired with the company because i actually got hired with them and then declined and then came back because they have you on the 30 days if you change your mind and i said you know what let me just go on and go over here and just actually see because they kind of passed all the damn tests but I didn't like the fact that they had those cameras in there. And I was like, oh, oh, shit, here we go. So I actually went down with it and the time went by kind of quick. You know, um, the money was OK, but it's really not what I really wanted. As for a guy like me that's been out here and bringing nothing to you, clean record, this and that. And then with those issues that I had, the. The, they was giving you recommendations and y'all was ignoring it. I, I can't do it. And it's basically the personnel that's down there that make the company fucked up. It's not actually the job. It's them. So it's going to be a new lease, a new everything for me. Um, not a new lease. Not I'm not leasing. I'm just going to be a regular. Uh, 
I'm just going to do the tri-state, just like what I told y'all. I'm probably just going to probably be doing the Arizona. I'm going to be doing the LA. I'm going to be doing the Vegas. I'm going to be doing the Utah sometimes. I'm just going to do, I'm just going to go back out and just do the triangle states. Um, it's better money, more money. And, and I'm probably, it's probably, I'm probably only going to stay there, y'all, for probably like maybe one year is what I'm actually looking because like I said, I want to, I want to, I've already made it up in my mind how I want it to go, but you know, like how you say how you want it to go, but things always happen because like I said, I don't want to escape out of here without trying that least thing. So my, cause somebody that, that I know that owns trucks and that, they told me, you know, that, you know, a lot of these guys, they're parking their trucks and they're just getting on that's leasing these or that a lot of these owner operators, they're parking their trucks because of the fuel in this and that. So they're just going to park them. And they're going to go get on with a company for a company driver for about a year. And then once the everything starts to come back into play, then they're going to jump back on their truck. So that's why I didn't even bother doing it because you're not going to, I'm not going to screw up because when you do that, you screw up, you screwed it up the first time. You're not going to have luck, I guess, going nowhere else. Cause I don't know if that, I don't know for a fact if that shit hits your credit or whatnot, you know, they're trying to make it seem like you're trying to lease purchase and all that. So I don't know if it's like, there, it's actually the company because they own the truck, but I don't know if that shit hits your record or not, your credit record. So I have an ax, but if I'm going to do this, I want to do it right. So my projection is I want to just go out with this company for about a year, then check back and see if the economy is up. Because when the economy comes up, I want to jump immediately because I told them to put all my shit on hold. Even though after a year, you're probably going to have to refile and go through everything again. But they told me they're going to keep everything on hold. So if they don't, if I don't like the company I'm going with out of the first six months, I could just run back to them. But I, I doubt that if I do every company I go to, I at least got to give them a year. So even if the economy picks up in 2023 in six months, I'm still going to have to give them a full year. And then I'm going to jump back to the lease because I, I can't leave up out of this trucking without not having to say that you know i tried to get my own truck i want that conversation like all the rest of these other assholes out here they'll, they'll tell you like yeah i i own my truck back in 20 2000 i mean 1995 and all that little shit so I, I need that conversation with my shit you know um but but y'all all know the end result is still the dually i just want to basically just be able to say that i've done that the lease program i want to see how this works out like are, are you really giving up that truck? Are you really going to give it to me in three years with me paying these truck notes? I know it's a big balloon payment at the end, but I really want to see what's going to happen if they really giving up these trucks. Um, you know, that new law just came into California now. Like for anybody that's got a 2010, they got to give up their truck now. So they don't want that engine. So that, I'm, I'm willing to see with all these guys just driving around in these little junk trucks and y'all know who they are. What y'all going to do now? Because that law was into effect and now they're finally enforcing it now. So now, if you got something with 2010 in California, even if you outside of California, I wouldn't advise y'all to come up into California. Especially going over the banning scales and any scales. They're going to get you. They might impound your shit. <laughs> so now you got to have something better from 2011 on up. So... That's going to be my talk. This is my lot, my last podcast for, I guess, 2022 as we go into 2023. Everybody stay safe out there. I see y'all out there. Um, 
Y'all, y'all have officially made it because we only got a day or so now. You officially made it in a 2023. So let's just keep it going. Y'all stay safe.